Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know a bazillion ghost stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past ghost stories? If you hear weird clicky sounds in the background, that is because it being a rural area, we have loads of boxes all over the house getting ready for winter that are full of clipped bits of the yard waste nice and dry so that we can use it for fire starter or considering the number of them all the backup summer paper and the sticks will become about seven loads of firewood well bob our bigger cat has discovered that he can pull those sticks out and play with them all over the floor so we've got sticks all over the floor and now bear has joined in so you got to be careful where you, where you walk so we're not so much worried about cat toys here because these two seem to do their own so we are going to have to leave at least one box or pick out a number of well clipped um sticks so that they can yank them out and scatter them all over the floor we'll put them back if we think about it we're not going to worry about it we just got to be careful when we walk and if you ever come up here to visit just watch your feet because cats leave cat toys all over the floor and i also got them uh, down at the quarter store two little tiny red and orange uh, toys that were triceratops little stuffed toys and uh, the little tiny things are hardly bigger than the cat's heads are adorable and of course they've been chewing on them and scattering them around so uh yeah these are the grand cats they're going to be spoiled rotten a facebook group was posting about hilarious things that people do while they're gaming i have only gamed a few times but as a dear friend of mine from the old Norwest Con days says that you don't want to game with Donna. She follows all the rules, but then anything she is not told she can't do, um, she'll take the game apart and you'll be laughing so hard you don't know which way is up. I mean, you know, it's like when I played, uh, oh, there's a game that you just write down scenarios and start making stuff up. I can't remember what it's called, but... I played it uh, a year or so ago with a bunch of kids, and they were laughing so goddamn hard they could not play, and I beat the heck out of everybody. And they said, how the heck did you come up with these wild ideas? I said, I'm 70 years old, and you have seen this shit actually happen. So I was thinking about a guy who was talking about how his daughter played um, role-playing games. And uh, I guess girls, girls are kind of like soldiers. If you don't tell them they can't do something... Um, they'll assume that all the other loopholes are wide open. Um, this is this is soldier orders. You have to tell soldiers, and this is the way I write contracts too. Um, you're allowed to do this thing and nothing else. Don't add anything to this. Um, in our household, this is called cooking pork chops because uh, years ago a friend of mine tried to teach Dan how to cook pork chops and he kept adding different things to it that had nothing to do with it. You know, it's like, um, you know, she's told him to put the pork chop in the pan at a certain temperature and five minutes on each side or whatever she did, I forget. And he started adding all other kinds of shit and just, you know, she didn't say it, leave it alone. But you have to tell soldiers this. But evidently girls will do it too when they're playing D&D. &D. 
And uh, the guy said that uh, the enemy attacked with a bunch of dire wolves or, you know, some big wolfy thing, you know, another steal from paleontology. And because uh, these, these games and things don't make anything up, they just borrow. They should be they should be just called the borrowers, which is fine. It's fun. What the heck? We all love fairy tales. But they saw these big monsters and he says, because the game didn't tell her she couldn't do it. She simply added puppy treats to the game, went out. And made all the wolves into her pack, into her pack of puppies, and she became the mom because, of course, there is no alpha. The alphas are the mom and the dad, so they all became her puppies, and she said everybody in the game suddenly had to face these things, and they didn't belong to anybody else anymore because she had puppy treats. And so that's kind of like how women play the game. If you, This is why men spend so much time desperately trying to deny us any kind of forward mo mo momentum because we will take whatever we damn well have like in Africa and you know come on Africa you do it to women too everybody does uh, all the guys do it to all the women they just do it and that's just what they do they can't help it um, they denied uh, uh, I guess it was one tribe or nation they denied the women uh, musical instrument it's, it's like how fucking petty. Women probably invented the damn things. So women invented water music where they used their forearms to go over to still water and, you know, make sounds on the water. And of course, we all know now it's real probable that women did the cave paintings. Men have been stealing shit from women for years. And I just saw a posting by Mark Twain that was saying, you know, how do Jewish people continue to, to survive and they remain decent and kind and uh, they're still here when the Egyptian uh, civilization has collapsed and the Greeks and everybody else. How how do they do this? And it was like, you dumb shit. It's the women. The women are in charge. Um, the heroine in the Bible is Ruth. And she's a Moabite, you know, just like Mary was a Moabite and does what they damn please. And uh, I remember she sat on the, um, the household gods uh keep the enemy from getting them because she was on her period and they couldn't touch it because men are afraid of that blood. They're terrified of the blood. It's just period blood for Christ's sakes, you know, and they're just, oh my God, I'll get poisoned or some shit. They're nuts. And by the way, this is another situation um, that an old Kentucky woman told me about that when the revenuers came in, uh, her men poke put all the booze underneath the sofa and then plopped her on top of it. And she was visibly pregnant. So you don't touch a woman who is involved in her reproductive cycle in any way. Um, and, uh, you know, bloody tampon will always scare a guy. They're terrified of them, which is where you hear all this BS on Twitter right now, which is nuts because, it's, you know, it's all written by 12-year-olds and a lot of women that were seriously thinking um, – that they're not women. They're men posing to be women. Uh, and, of course, these people hate translators because translators are at least trying to fulfill the role um, of being women, you know, wearing dresses, wearing makeup, the whole thing, and trying to be decent and nice and kind uh, and realizing that women have no goddamn privileges um, except to get the goddamn door open for us. Whoop-dee-doo! You know, I'd rather have equal pay. Ugh, men are so petty. Um, but... I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. They spent all their damn time, you know, trying to keep us from doing anything. And the other thing, they and, and the only thing they ever get, the only reason they ever get anything done is we got a full support system from the women. Um, and the other thing they do all the time is start wars. 
which just kills me because guys are now saying, well, we should draft women too. Hey, hey, don't include us in your stupid, stupid monkey games, uh, your chimp games. Uh, you're the one dumb enough to start a war because you can't get your shit ahead of time. You can't talk to each other. You can't negotiate. You can't share. And don't drag us into it. We don't want men drafted either. But don't even talk about drafting women because we're not so stupid we start wars. And don't even talk about Elizabeth I or Thatcher or any of those. They're, um, you know, they're pet women, basically, for the male systems. And... That's how they fit in, and that's how they pretend to lead. But it's your stupid game because you can't fucking negotiate. Okay, I'm sitting outside here because Dan's in the front room, quietly listening to his music. You might hear crows and morning doves, not morning doves, excuse me, European collared doves, the native predator's favorite snack. And you might hear a truck or things like that, so... Don't worry about that. Uh, but what I'm going to be doing here is another book review for Hysterical. And it's for Elisa Bassist's book. And it is, well, it's not really a, uh, a spoiler when you say that as a woman, she put up with her idiot boyfriend who thought that sex with woman was supposed to be extremely rough until he broke her damn cervix to the point that her gynecologist thought that she'd had a baby. She took a while to heal. So her whole body got sick, everything got sick, and this book, Hysterical, is about how women are so sick all the time, mostly because uh, modern medicine has not studied the female body at all, and it evidently is different right down to the molecular level. I still say... What happened all those years ago is male chimps bred with female bonobos, and we've not matched up ever since because it doesn't work. Um, but she writes uh, a memoir that, let's face it, a lot of it is about her work on social media and how overdoing social media is going to screw you up if you get too intent on it. And anybody who's ever had a breakup knows that you can obsess, and social media, of course, keeps a whole record where you can go open the wounds again. And this is all about uh, uh, this idiot boyfriend. Um, I don't know. Don't read Reddit, guys. You're, you're not going to go down a good road. Uh, but it is something that I notice that when I get extremely stressed and sick and tired, my legs start going on me. So this is kind of advice for everybody. Go read Hysterical, a memoir by Elisa Bassist. And the next time... Um, you're just playing going nuts, and you're tired and exhausted, and you can't figure out why your body's doing what it's doing, is you might be stressed. Uh, I got a friend who just had heart surgery, and he's disappointed because he's not fully healed at four months, because I guess what the doctors did was told him that, oh, in three to four months, you'll feel better, but that was it. So I had to tell him with heart surgery, at your age, it's basically like you had uh, shrapnel from a hand grenade thrown at your chest. And there's the neighbor's home right now. And uh, so you're just going to be healing for the rest of your life. I mean, like I said, I got that brain damage, and I still get jabs from healing nerve endings after 60 years. So you've got a major problem like this. It's going to take years to heal. And your body is always going to respond to stress on your brain because your brain runs the entire system. Your brain is so basic that it's hooked up to your gut. It's even called the second brain. So... Get Hysterical by Elisa Bassist, which is excellent for women, but uh, I don't think it's a bad idea for guys to read it either, because we could all use a book that helps us make our brains leave us alone. And also, we, uh, if we 
giving into patriarchal training, uh, say, screw this, I ain't going to deal with that. So, hysterical, at least a bassist. We had a couple of grief-related things go on. Um, I think we just saw the neighbors dealing with something like that, and we don't want to interfere. I don't buy sympathy cards, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, grief is private. Uh, I extend my sympathy and our sympathy, but we don't want to um, infringe on them uh, until it's appropriate. And speaking of that, there was one of the local celebrations of life for a woman uh, by a man, who was her husband, and she died at 86, and we only knew them from walking on the beach and occasionally running into them at the quarter store or the library or something like that. And uh, one thing I want to say about the um, get-together that he had up at the uh, community center, which is always where people have these things, had a band and everything, uh, was there were so many desserts on that table, and I think somebody should have warned the... Um, warned the community because I'll tell you something, there was going to be some wired up elders. I don't know what happened after that. I went, uh, I went to get sawdust, um, or did it beforehand. Anyway, uh, you got, you got that many desserts on the table for a, uh, for morning and people need sugar when they're morning and uh, people are in much better moods, but, uh, that much sugar, they were going to get high. We have so many good books at the North Olympic Library System, and they pick them out and put them up as suggested books, especially new ones. Ouch. Sorry. Bob just bit my foot. Uh, he's trying to kill his sister. Okay. This one, wonderful thing, is called Gambler Way, Indian Gaming in Mythology, History, and Archaeology in North America, and it's by Catherine Gabriel. And uh, it's put out by Johnson Books. And... It is about the importance of gambling or gaming in the New World, how important these games were. And it also connects directly to the clash between the Old World attitude toward gaming, that it was evil, that it destroyed lives, and the New World attitude toward gaming in that it shows winners and losers and balance, and it didn't have an attitude toward good or evil. It was grayness and balance and trying to get everything back to a level, like the Earth is trying to do today. The uh, Earth is trying to get even in more ways than one. Uh, and it um, says how something I had wrong about potlatches. I thought potlatches were like, well, I knew, knew they were some kind of legal ceremony, and you didn't just drop into them. They weren't just like a regular feast where outsiders could be invited. But a potlatch, uh, evidently, uh, from what could be gleaned or what would be told, because much of this is sacred and therefore secret, um, when someone died, uh, their property was passed on ceremonially and uh, or through gambling. And the um, the people who got it, the, the heirs, uh, would then return the next year, and they did not do a potlatch in return to thank the people who did it. It was more about a matter of being able to verify that they deserved what had been given to them in the form of everything from blankets to copper shields that had names to songs to dances. Yes, the New World invented copyright. 
Um, you don't just go out there and start stealing their designs. And again, that's kind of stupid because if you do, you're going to, you're going to spell things wrong. And, um, instead of saying strong man on your arm, it's going to say hot noodles. Uh, so this book, uh, goes in as much as it can. It's only like three quarters of an inch thick. Well, it's got interesting illustrations. Um, it cannot cover everything about gaming in the new world. And, uh, because it has to do with balance in many of the games, they ga they gamed right down to where they were naked. And this could be in the wintertime. And uh, it sounds like that might have something to do with who deserves to live and whether or not games replaced warfare. Because even though people could die, especially in the winter, if you're gaming down to nothing and you've got nothing, no home, nothing, you've got no clothing at all, people could get killed over these games. Um, it was a way of, I'm not going to say human sacrifice, it was a way of saying who is strong, who is intelligent, uh, who can win, and it was a lot less damaging than war, especially in heavily populated areas like the Pacific Northwest, where there was a lot of uh, resources, but there was also a lot of people. And it's a very interested and complicated history. Um, there is a lot about the casinos uh, and why the, the, the our, uh, quote, Western values have clashed with the New World values and why the Navajo do not have casinos. Um, their gaming is still kept secret to this day, and uh, that is something that belongs to their culture, and whether or not it survives or not is their business. But they have decided not to do it, just like uh, in many tribal and nation areas, they are going ahead and uh, putting very nice cannabis shops in, lovely things, um, up here and... Uh, the Macaw had decided not to do that, although there's rumors that they might be actually putting in at least medicinal cannabis or something available to their people because of the terrible Oxycontin problem that everybody's got up here. Um, and so that may just be wishful thinking, or it might just be limited to the beautiful health area that's up uh, up on the 200 line, which is one of the roads uh, up in Nia Bay. And I can't say if that's going to happen or not, or if it's going to be allowed to outsiders, or if I have that information. But it is, it is um, because marijuana is, of course, an important herb in many things. We we use it. People use it for vision quests. Um, people use alcohol for vision quests, and that's our little vision quest. Um, is alcohol, especially for me? I can't. I I am technically an alcoholic, but I can't. I can't drink to excess because of having been poisoned in the army, as I've said probably many times. So anyway, it's called Gambler Way. It's very interesting. Uh, it is not It is not a complete study. Uh, the studies, there's thousands of stories out there, um, thousands of pieces of archaeological gatherings. And so I would suggest you get it. I think you might enjoy it, and it might give you more insight into um, a part of a culture that uh, is hemisphere-wide. And there's a mention that chess is our way of gambling in our board games. So we have our own way of gambling things uh, that are approved or not sneered at by the religious. And we got to always remember that in the West, the reason the West sneers at anything that has to do with money exchange is because the church ain't getting their cut. Uh, maybe if they held gambling in the churches <laughs> and the synagogues and temples and everything else, then nobody would be looking down on gambling so much. So... 
It's, uh, like I say, it's not what we think it is in the new world, and this gives you just a taste of it. Roll them dice. Oh, and that reminds me, I was thinking that, oh, in the, uh, in the nerd world, do we have gambling? Oh, for God's sake, all those dice, all those fancy dice? I swear to God, there's people out there who collect the dice from the gaming. The, what, 16 and 20-sided dice, and they're gorgeous. And I don't know, does anybody actually make dice out of um, precious stones? I imagine they do. But uh, we certainly do have gambling, although nobody's gambled down naked. Because, uh, after all, you don't want to lose your cosplay, cosplay costume. I don't think anybody bets on that yet. Oh, and speaking of consequences in gambling or mythology um everybody who gets torn apart and resurrected including jesus let's face it that's the whole superhero myth would you like to be part of this podcast you can go to anchor.fm slash donna dash bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF or PDFA, double spaced, larger type to donabar01 at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash Donna Barr. And finally, if you would like to know anything about what I've done in my life that has to do with my work, conventions, etc., go to DonnaBarr.com. Hope to see you there. I will also put all this information in the program notes. A spooky 